Um, bear with me. I'd love to introduce you to my friend Christian. Um, Sam might know Christian. Um, Christian is a, um, an actuary in a top uh, city finance form firm. Um, he helped me a lot. Um, he's part of my finance team when I was a vicar. And from Christian, I learned, I loved it. He could look at pages full of spreadsheets, full of numbers, and immediately tell you what was going on. And through him, I learned to love spreadsheets. Um, Because I found out two things, and those of you who share that passion will understand this. One, it was often the very first place that we saw a wonderful thing by which God had provided for his people. And two, it was often the very first place where we saw a new thing that God was doing. So anyway, as you'll see from here, Christian uh, is not just an actuary working in a law firm, but he graduated from being a bit bonkers about um, running marathons to running ultramarathons, and he went all over the world. He's been to California and to the desert, and just a few weeks back, Christian did what's called the Winter Spine Race. He's tried it several times, um, but had had to give up. It's called Britain's Most Brutal Race, and it runs the entire length of the Pennine Way, Um, which goes from the Peak District right up into Scotland, um, 268 miles. And um, it happened, do you remember when it was really cold a few weeks back? It was then, and this was up there, uh, harsh conditions, snow, ice, sub-zero temperatures. These are live pictures. And I was the nerd that was with a few people. We had a little WhatsApp group and we sent him messages. So he was a bit accountable to keep going. I followed the dot along the map as he progressed. And sometimes he stopped and we saw things on the map, on the Ordnance Survey online map. It said things like Shepherd's Bothy or Hut 2. And, and these places, in the middle of all that, they don't get like a hotel bed or a youth hostel somewhere along the way. They have to take all their stuff with them. And in hut two, Christian's uh, meal of sustenance of choice was pop noodles, apparently. this If you want to run 268 miles, that's what he recommends. Um, but hut two and the shepherd's bothy were the place where he survived, where he took a couple of hours sleep. They all get to hallucinate because they're staying awake so long. Um, but he, he slept and he ate and he sheltered from the extreme weather. And uh, this is um, Christian at the end, at the finish. He did it this time. And we were so proud of him. Um, it, the race finishes in Kirk Yetham, which is in just in Scotland. And I know it rather well because... Um, that's exactly where place where a really good friend of mine lives, and I've been there several times. So um, she was very excited. She helps out in the village shop, and they'd got extra porridge and bananas in. Um, 
But what a thing it is when we reach uh, our psalm, um, we read this verse, God is our refuge and strength. No matter what the race of life is throwing at us and the things that happen, here is a place where we can find uh, from that um, refuge, um, uh, that place in God can be that place that sustains us on the journey in the worst of conditions. This psalm that uh, we heard read is a psalm about God. There's no prayers in it. Some psalms are about prayers. There's no prayers here. It's all about God except for one memorable verse where God breaks into the conversation. um, And we'll get to that. But what a great song. What a great song. It's a song of Zion. Martin Luther wrote it, uh, a fantastic hymn. It needs six organs and a huge choir. Ein Festeburg ist unser Gott. Um, I learnt German for one year and then gave it up and did chemistry instead. But it says, a safe stronghold, our God is still. still. That hymn's been translated into um, 183 languages. But the Psalms remind us it's good to speak and sing um, God's word. When you sing God's word, you're involving your heart, your body, your mind, and you remember it. However, look, there's a little, these are all written by like music directors and worship ministers and things. Lurking at the top of the psalm, it says, according to Alamoth. I think, well, who knows what, who Alamoth. Well, that actually means boys and girls' voices. There's a wonderful contrast built in here. You think it ought to be, here is a safe stronghold as our God, you know, our action song with the biceps and everything. But actually, it's sung with the voices of children saying who God is. And there's something powerful in that. Do have a look at the psalm if you can find a Bible on your phone or in the chairs. As Louise said, it's page 570. It's got three sections. It's a song, a hymn with three verses. Verses 1 to 3 says, God is our refuge and strength, a place of safety in a world, in an apocalyptic world of earthquakes and fires and floods and famines and war and death. God is our refuge, a place of safety to run to. Verse 4 to 7 says, I love this phrase, it begins again in a new verse. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Actually, it's a geographical thing. If you go outside the eastern wall of Jerusalem that's built on top of a rock, high up, if you go there, outside the eastern wall, there's an amazing natural spring. Considering it's on high up, somehow that spring gushes water from deep underground. And clever Hezekiah, who was a great leader when God's people restored to the city, built a, a tunnel that brought the spring outside the city 
into the middle of Jerusalem, and you can visit it. The Pool of Siloam is there. I've been there. There's this, down there, there's this water, it's fed. And it's like that kept God's people safe from siege and uh, drought and all sorts. There was a river that fed the heart of the city of God. And it says something profound about in the middle of God's people, there is the life of the Spirit there. And fast forward to Revelation 22, where we see, perhaps inspired and connected with this when John has read this psalm, in the middle of the city, I saw a river of the water of life. And the river of the water of life was for the healing of the nations. And the trees grew alongside the river, and it was for the healing in there. There's a life-giving spring at the heart of the people of God. And then verses 8 to 10, verse 3 of the song. He makes wars to cease to the ends of the earth. He calls his people, as we know, not to be waging war for territory, to be, to be makers of peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, says Jesus. He calls us to be peacemakers, although we should sometimes note that it, in this psalm it says, God breaks the spears and takes away. So sometimes there needs to be something that breaks the power of evil and takes that away. It's no good just speaking words of peace. Sometimes peace needs action. So here's three verses of the Psalms, but really interesting. All good songs have to have a chorus. We know that. I'm a dyed-in-the-wool charismatic. Um, this song has got a chorus, and you'll find it in verse 7 and verse 11. The God, the Lord Almighty is with us. The Lord, Yahweh, the God who is the I am, is almighty, is with us. Now, there were certain armies who put on their um, belts, God is mis uns, and God is with us. And that's not really what this means. Um, God is with us. The Lord almighty is with us. But then it says in the same verse of the chorus, I love this, the God of Jacob is our refuge, not the God of Israel. Jacob became Israel after he had a great big spiritual wrestling match and his life was transformed and he became the great fantastic leader. Me, I feel like I'm more of the Jacob. I'm still under construction. I make failures. I say things that are wrong. I blow it. Isn't it good that it's the God of Jacob is the place where we can come. Here's God, but he welcomes each one of us. We're still under construction. So here we are. We're into the middle of all of this psalm. We find suddenly all this hymn singing, all the rest of it. Our worship should lead us into the presence of God. And God interrupts the psalm and says, be still and know that I am God. Isn't that something? Have you ever been in that place in worship or in prayer and then you think, oh, 
God is in this place. God seldom shouts. You hear his voice in a place of quiet. So our, our theme this morning is really, how do we hear God better? How do we hear God better? How do we listen to God? How do we tune in? How do we grow in hearing God, a God who seldom shouts? Growing is one of the things that God has built into all living things. Remember that from my biology lesson. Um, All living things, growth. Growth has a beginning. For a plant, it's germination. For an animal, it's conception. Um, I'm I'm a bit of a plant nerd. On my kitchen windowsill, I've got broad beans at the moment, and I get a nice little wet kitchen towel. And every so... Oh, look, that happened this morning. You can't see it. There's a little root poking out. It's about three millimetres long. I've got a little home for this to graduate to in my uh, greenhouse. There's a little tall bit of soil. So when I get home, oh, it's another one. Uh, When I get home, I'm going to pop this in here the right way up. And the clever root knows, it's got a sense of gravity, so it knows how to go down. I remember that from my biology lesson too. It's called geotropism. It knows the way down. Isn't that amazing? It's just a broad bean come out of a packet. Um, I'm going to be eating them soon. But all life has a beginning, growth, growing to hear God. You don't have to get there in one. Just start somewhere. God wants you to hear him. This isn't for weird people. It's for sons and daughters. Children know the voice of their parents. God wants us to hear him. Jesus, in the lovely passage in John 10 about the Good Shepherd, says, My sheep, the people who follow me, hear my voice. They know, they recognize my voice, and they follow him. Uh, So at the heart of our faith is a relationship. I know I'm saying something that's obvious, but to me, I don't know about you, I need a reminding of what I know more than learning lots of new things. Um, A relationship with God through Jesus that has a beginning. Maybe you can remember when that relationship started, and you hear... God speaking. Uh, And that relationship grows as we nurture it. If you're not sure, um, just say to God, Lord, I want to hear your voice. I want to start that relationship. I want to grow in it. How does that relationship grow? How do we hear God better? Well, you probably think of some things that help you. What helps me is... um, reading the Bible every day. I read round the Psalms, round and round and round, and I learn Psalms like this one and ones that God speaks to me through. Um, I ask the Holy Spirit to show me things. I try and spend time with other Christians in general like this, but in twos and threes where people could challenge me uh, and asked me how I was, and asked me how I was getting on with something I said I wanted to do. But, you know, you probably don't know those things, but I've got a few places where people won't let me get away with something, 
um, that I want to do or that I said I'd do. Solitude, hearing God on my own. Obedience, making holy choices. Repentance, attending to conscience. Our consciences can get seared by sin and we need to have humble hearts sometimes to come back to God. What helps you grow closer to God? What helps you um, hear him better? When did you last feel you heard God? Or does that sound weird to you? When did you last... Have you attended to it lately? Um, The Bible is actually full of helpful cameos of people who heard God. And uh, I'd love to... um, Share a few of them with me, with you. How about, when did you hear God? Let me tell you a few people. God spoke to Adam right in the beginning. He said lots of things. He said, where are you? That's a quite challenging thing. Adam had wandered off and... Uh, done the one thing God said don't do and forgotten all the things God said do do. Where are you? God spoke to Noah with a whole load of tech specs about building a boat. God spoke to Moses face to face as someone speaks to their friend and Moses was there. I bet that was a be still and know that I am God moment. Um, Just to be. Moses came out with a shining face. God spoke to Abraham with a tough call about obedience and the importance. There's something important about obedience. If you're to go on hearing God, you can't just hear the nice things he says without doing. There's something that connects love and obedience and listening. And Abraham became the father of us all and Sarah was the mother of us all. Both Josephs and a few more heard God in a dream. And uh, I think it's a good idea to have a notebook by your bed because there's a certain clarity about hearing God in the night that you may well have forgotten by breakfast. So write it down and then you can go back to sleep. Elijah heard God in a still small voice in the middle of a storm. Perhaps that inspired verse 10. Peter and Paul heard God in visions. Paul, um, Peter, had a vision that led to the church going from being just for for Jews to being for Gentiles as well. Paul had a vision to go from Asia to Europe. The Philippian jailer, maybe you're one of these, needed an earthquake to hear what God was saying. (laughs) Um, Stephen was on a country walk when he heard God, and that led to the gospel going to Africa. There's lots more. How do you hear God? Where do you hear God? Some people hear God in worship, on a country walk, on their own, with others. The the context where you tune in best to God will be as individual as each person that's here. And that's the wonder of when we come together... The tuning in is fantastic. How do you hear from God best? How do we in St. John's grow 
in hearing God. How good we're going to do um, some praying together on our own and together. But I want to say that growth is seasonal. Growth is seasonal. It's not non-stop. We grow to hear God. Sometimes there are rich seasons and sometimes there's nothing. In winter, not much is happening. But it's happening below the ground. Roots grow in winter. Uh, They get stronger and they go deeper and they find that stream. Sometimes... Uh, we can be doing nothing wrong and we're going on with God and there's silence. And that happens among people that have been Christians for a long time. They, there's, there's the conscious sense of God is absent. Uh, and it's a mystery, but it's a mystery out of which faith uh, grows and trust in God grows. In the spring, everything goes bonkers. My grapevine is just sitting there. I've got two grapevines. I've got a red one for the table at home and I've got Chardonnay on the allotment. For... But in spring, the grapevine goes crazy and I have to come along with my secateurs at the right moment and train it where I want it to go because actually, I don't want all these leaves. I want some grapes, thank you. Um, we, our, we need to be a bit strategic about responding to God's voice. In summer and autumn, we get fruitfulness and harvest, and it's wonderful. So just coming to an end, I'm thinking, what is the season for you in your own life, hearing God? And what is our season in St. John's? Where are we in hearing God? And I just want us to take a bit of time um, together just where you are let's just stay in God's presence uh, for a moment I've, I've deliberately asked a lot of questions and you might some of those might have landed for you I'm just wondering whether there are one or two here and you are conscious that you've never heard God and it sounds a strange language um, but it's and maybe you're at the beginning of a relationship with God through Jesus uh, maybe uh, you need to come back you're coming back to something that was once there so just ask God say Jesus come into my life here I want to hear your voice. It's all it needs, really. Nothing complicated. Maybe you want to just, you're aware you want to come back to some of the times and habits. Mine always lapse, and I need a little bit of a nudge from God sometimes. Come back to some of those places where you hear God and meet and grow closer to him. God's calling us together and individually. And um, just one other thing, really. Would you like to hear God better? Then 
um, just ask him. As we're here, we're going to be just take a time of being with God. Um, but asking God to hear, asking he to hear God better does come with a health warning because um, you might need to do what he says. So I just, uh, it's a risky prayer to pray. But just whichever of those is yours, maybe you want to um, join in singing or just as the guys are worshipping, um, just be. Lord, we want to be in your presence.